Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax, you have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us, holding to pure grace. Again, relax, join in with us. Listen on, be blessed. Hello again to all the Grace Guard dogs out there in the Grace Guard Dog Pound. Yes, sir. Hello, everybody. Hello to everybody else, too. And Absolutely. We're, we're even talking about saying hello to all the people who are on the other side of the fence concerning the, the issue of law and grace, that the ones that really believe that the fear of the Lord is what we need, a little more fear of the Lord. A little more rules. A L- little bit more rules, too, a little more commandment mentality. We say hello to you. We welcome you in all sincerity, all sincerity. You're the ones that we do this podcast for. Well, we've been getting a lot of downloads since we've been talking about resonating. Yes. The resonating love of God, the love that permeates all of our being. Resonating eternal love. Resonating eternal love got quite a few downloads last week. Resonating eternal life, or I should say eternal life, does resonate with everybody that eternal life comes into contact with. Everybody loves fellowshipping with eternal life, i.e. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Everybody loves to fellowship with Christ in us. And, of course, we're talking about the verse we started out maybe four weeks ago, was it? On 2 Corinthians 5.14, the love of Christ compels me, constrains me, because I'm convinced that if one died for all, then all died. Yes. I died. He died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves. and As vessels for Christ. When it says that those who live should no longer live for themselves, did you, did you think in your mind, your legalistic mind, that that meant no more selfish living? Exactly. You got to live for what Christ wants. When, when it's not, it's living as a vessel for Christ, for Christ to use. So if you thought that way, you actually thought, that those who live should no longer live for themselves meant you should not live with the idea that you can sin all you want. You should stop living that way and start living for God. Stop sinning. Live a better life. Repent. (laughs) Repent? Yes. When it means stop trying. No longer living (laughs) for yourself to do the job of pleasing the people around you in your own human strength and your own human charisma. And if you think, and we both did, because I did too, if we think that they should, we should no longer live for ourselves means we should stop sinning, then we're not having the love of Christ resonate in us. We're not. And it didn't for, for years and years and years because I actually viewed that passage as 
don't live for all the selfish things you can get instead of don't live for another chance at living the Christian life. Right. You should get busy. Right. Another chance to get busy. Inviting people to church. Mm -hmm. Not a bad thing. Good thing. Mm -hmm. Knocking on doors, passing out tracts, supporting as many missionaries as you can. Yes. All good things. All good things. And we should do them. We should do them. All good things that get done when the love of Christ is resonating in your heart. Exactly. That's, I, I was saying, and we should do them. Well, when we do them is when the love of Christ is resonating or manifesting through us. That's when they're effective. That's when they actually get done. That's when we're actually a doer of the word and not just a forgetful hearer because James says a forgetful hearer looks at his natural face in the mirror or literally the face of his birth in the mirror and looks at the guy who does what he doesn't want to do and doesn't do what he does want to do and does the very evil he hates and wishes he could please the Lord, but he knows that no good thing dwells in him. He's looking in the mirror at that person. Then he walks away and forgets that that person is not the doer. But then if he looks into the perfect principle of the law of liberty, which is the the law of the life of the spirit of Christ and abides in it. In other words, uses it, depends on it, that principle that Christ does it through you. It's a law of dynamics that Christ does it through you. If you abide in that, like Jesus said, abide in me and I'll abide in you and you'll bear much fruit. You will bear much fruit. The people around you will enjoy being with you. Absolutely, Steve. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Okay, so let me read that again. Okay. The love of Christ constrains us because we're convinced that one died for all, therefore all died. That is familiar. Okay. The second part it says is that those who live should no longer live for themselves. And so we've just debunked that idea when we understand what it means that the love of Christ constrains us. When the love of Christ is resonating in your heart, when actually throughout your whole being, when the love of Christ is radiating, permeating, expressiating, good word. For today it is. Today it's a good word, expressiating. Let me just read you this. Go for it, Bill. Verse. I found this in the Weymouth Bible study. Weymouth Bible, you mean? The Weymouth Bible, yeah. Yeah. I was studying the Weymouth Weymouth Bible. Bible. I conflated the words. Yes. Weymouth and me studying. (laughs) My Weymouth Bible study brought me to this conclusion. It says, 2 Corinthians 5, 14, For the love of Christ overmasters us, the conclusion of which we have arrived being this. The conclusion that which we've arrived at is this, that one 
having died, I like the way he puts it in the past tense, for all, his death was their death. That's 2 Corinthians 5.14. I love that. Overmasters us. What a word. Sin shall not be your master because you're not under law, but over grace. Sin will not overmaster you, but the thoughts of God will overmaster you. Did we just become best friends? Yeah. Because <laughs> I was thinking of the same <laughs> verse. You were thinking of Romans 6.14, weren't you? Yes, yes. Let yes. me read it. D- did I steal that right from your mind? You did. I was thinking of <laughs> Paul makes, here it is. I think this is the same Weymouth I'm quoting from. But Romans 6.14, I'll just do it from the NASB. I think that's the one I remember. Okay. That sin shall not be master over you because you are not under law, but under grace. So when you are under the law, yes, sin masters you. Under the Ten Commandment mentality, performance treadmill, you get mastered by sin. But the love of Christ overmasters the sin. Yes. Because it overmasters the thought that is when it says one died for all, then Paul can easily say, I died and I no longer live in the life I live. I live by the faithfulness of the Son of God. Who loved me and gave himself for me. That's the love part again. There's the love part again. So it when you're living under law, the law of the sin and death is resonating in you. When you're living in the new covenant, the love of Christ is resonating in you. The law of sin and death resonating in me. That's a horrible thought. It's yeah. resonating in every part of your body. Trying to, to trying to be pleasing to God and just knowing that you're not. You, you can't be perfect, so you have to know that you're not pleasing God. And you feel like death. The law of missing the mark and feeling ashamed, the law of sin and death, to have that resonate through you all day long, no wonder in dying you will die. That would be a long, slow, torturous death. So the sin is actually, and we'll go to Romans 5 and and see this, but the sin is actually the lie that came in the garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. And the lie was, you can be like God, and then God can love you, but you can be like God if you just have the knowledge of good and evil. Of what to do, right what or wrong. What to do, right or wrong, what good to do and what bad not to do. In your own determination, you can get God to love you. But God said, if you eat from that tree, you will surely die. The law of sin and death will kick in. It will resonate you. It'll begin to resonate you and you'll feel naked and ashamed and you'll live the rest of your life with that horrible, horrible, horrible feeling as you don't please God and he's just 
would rather you not be around him than be around him. What a horrible, horrible feeling it is. That's why God sent his son to die on the cross so you would get the mental picture that all your sins are forgiven, all those failures that you did because of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that sin and death principle that you were living under, all that is paid for and you can say God loves you again, even though he never stopped loving you because he died when you that's were at your worst. That's the lie that he didn't love you. Yes, that's the lie. Yeah, we should go there too. But before we do, what is what is the Hebrew thought on death? Or what did it really say? Didn't it say... In dying, you shall, you shall die. In dying, you shall die. That's the proper way to translate. Uh, in the beginning, God created the earth, and he told Adam, don't eat of the tree, because in dying, you will die. Because Adam didn't drop dead. No. But in dying, you shall die. He, Isn't that a description dying. of the law of the sin and the death resonating? Dying? Yes. Exactly. Just exactly. wearing you down. Exactly. The New Testament defines what in dying you'll die actually means, that having the guilty conscience will wear you down till the day that you die. So when you're living that lie called the law of the sin and the death, which is mastering you. Mm-hmm overmastering you which mm-hmm. is resonating dominating your thoughts dominating your thoughts you. the guilt it brings such guilt that you double down on commitment yes. you say tomorrow's a new new day and I'm I'm going to obey God after you cried till your eyes are dry you get up and say okay God I am going to double down I'm going to try twice as hard tomorrow I just hope that you have given me this second chance to live for myself. That's what it said. Those who think they died should not live for themselves. My second chance for myself to do it. And then the the law of the sin and the death, which which is not a, a, a legal law. No. It's a law of dynamics. A law of dynamics. The Bible does show us laws of dynamics. It speaks and teaches about laws of dynamics. And it's not a tedious thing. So this law, the law of the sin and the death is actually, here's the good news. There's a law that's higher than the law of sin and death. And it's called the law of the spirit of the life in Christ. Now, when you're in that, living under that law. Principle, law of dynamics. That principle. Mm-hmm. Abiding in it, as James said. Then you're like Paul in 2 Corinthians 5.14. The love of Christ is resonating. And overmastering you. Overmastering you. And it, it's the love of Christ is like when you throw a rock into the middle of the lake and it, the circles just... It makes a circle. Yeah, it's resonating. It's resonating in the pool, in and the pond. Exactly. 
you have one or two laws resonating, one or two principles resonating. That's what that's what we're trying to get at, right? There's two principles resonating in everyone, mm-hmm. one or the other, right? They don't not both at the same time. No, they. If they're both at the same time, then the the principle of a little law leavens the whole, the whole law. So yeah, you're getting a slight echo of the love of Christ, but it's being drowned out that, by that. You yeah. haven't done enough, right? You need to do more. Yes, and you need to stop doing this. Yeah. So Paul says that. The love of Christ will overmaster us because we're convinced that if one died for all, then all died. That was the Weymouth on Romans 6.14. The sin masters us, right? Mm-hmm. When we believe God will love us when and if we merit his love, I guess you could say. We clean up. <laughs> when we clean up. When we... Here's another one. When we believe by means of our obedience to the Mosaic law or the Ten Commandments, we have earned God's love and acceptance. Our sin conscience will overmaster us. And make us feel dirty again. Yes. When we live by the Ten Commandments or even if it's not the Ten Commandments, but it's our own consciousness, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is uh, another way of saying it because that's where the sin came in. Mm-hmm. We have those feelings of being naked and ashamed. They permeate us or they resonate in us. See, both of those methods, the Ten Commandments or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they they both go on the idea that God's love is objective not till we get to first john where it says god god loves because he is love that's subjective love objective love is god loves you if you keep the 10 commandments or if you keep whatever moral law you have in you god loves you if you've earned it god loves you if you've earned it Paul's argument in Romans 5, 10, do you, do you want to look at it? Sure. Okay, so we're going to read, I think it's 5, 10, right? Yep. 10, 11. Yep. Okay, is God's love objective? Meaning, let me get this right in my mind. Meaning he loves us when we earn his love? Or is God's love subjective? He loves us because we're at, because he is love. love. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the survey says, for while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more having been recognized, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, we exalt in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation, when even though we were evil, sinners, while we were yet sinners. While we were yet sinners, he reconciled us. I think he said recognized. 
Oh, did I really? That's I'm cool. Sorry. He recognized you and reconciled yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. You might be thinking maybe he didn't recognize me. <laughs> let him in. <laughs> <laughs> you just let in Steve. Yeah. So what is that? That while we were yet enemies? Yes. While we haven't made any progress and stop doing bad and start doing good? He reconciled us while we were his enemies. And, and where were and we enemies? We were never actually enemies of God. No. We were next, enemies in our mind. Okay, go ahead. The next verse is amazing because it says, Therefore, just as through one man this sin and death principle came in, just through one man sin entered into the world and death through sin and so death spread to all men because all men sinned. There's the principle of sin and death. That's the law of sin and death right there. That's when the law of dynamics of sin and death entered into this world through, through Adam and then spread to all men. And we've all been victim of this principle that I don't measure up and I feel miserable. The principle of sin and death works in all of us, every one of us, that depressing, miserable, horrible principle works in us throughout each and every day unless we begin to understand the gospel of grace to counteract that feeling. Otherwise, we are stuck with that feeling. Well, thank you, Adam. Yeah. Way to go. Thank you, Adam. So it says one man? Yes. The sin, believing that you can earn God's acceptance, the lie that mm -hmm. if you do good, God will accept you? Yeah, you can be like God. One guy did that? One guy, Adam, did that. And that sin principle, that law of dynamics was in Adam and it spread to Adam's sons and daughters and then spread throughout every generation till it entered you and I in the 21st century. So the sin came through one man and the death came by believing that it was actually true. You could earn God's love and acceptance or, or by believing that a you lot. didn't measure up anymore and god you're, you're ashamed of yourself so you need to hide from god that's the death that's the other part of the lie well that's how long the did death it take part to kick of the in lie the sin that. part of the lie is that you could do this on your own the death part of the lie is that you found out you can't and you feel naked and ashamed that's the death part isn't that what adam and eve felt that's it's being laid out for us right here it's being explained what adam and eve felt is explained here because god reconciled them even when they were enemies in their own minds we can go to the scriptures that talk about us being enemies in our own minds because of our evil behavior let's go to that you well, first to? we'll we'll get a little bit more, More into this. Okay. So the sin and the death, 
the resonating guilt being the death, came by one man. And it spread to all men. I know it spread to me because I got it bad. I always felt like I didn't measure up. It takes me realizing the gospel of grace to get me out of that funk. That's how we can know that death is resonating in every human being that ever walked on the planet. That on, feeling on, that they don't measure up. On a daily basis. That fear of God. Not a good fear. The, the, un, the bad fear of God. But it says that God demonstrated his love that while we were enemies, while we were still thinking we were unreconciled. Yeah, no, no, you were, you were I'm free. right on. Yeah, right on. We we're talking about the death. Yes. And the resonating Mating. death. Yes. That's just, it never goes away. What, but it can be dormant. Yes. What did it cause Paul to ultimately do in Romans 7? Cry out, wretched man that I am, who will rescue me? Yes. And some other things. Yeah. I'm thinking you might be thinking of the other things, but what were you thinking? Yeah. It caused him to cry out, I'm a wretched man. Please save me, Lord. And then he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. Because God working through Jesus Christ is what saves you from that miserable feeling of being naked and ashamed around God. His life resonating through you is what does it. Oh, do you want me to uh, do the, we were enemies in our minds because of our evil yeah. behavior? That okay. was in Colossians, wasn't it? Okay, Bill, I'm there in Colossians. And guess what? It is still in Colossians. <laughs> it is. Did I say it was in Colossians. Yeah, you said it was, but I'm telling you, it's, that's amazing. Good to know it's still there. Good to know it's still there. Okay, so let me read it. It was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Jesus and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood shed on the cross through Jesus. I say things, whether earthly or things in heaven, and although you were formerly enemies and hostile towards God in your mind because of your evil deeds, he has reconciled you in his fleshly body through that death that he died in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach and beyond what that principle of sin and death can do to your mind all day long if you let it. He's saying he reconciled you so you would not have that miserable, horrible feeling in your mind. Because this says you were enemies of God. You thought you were enemies of God, that he was, he thought you were his enemy because of your evil deeds is what you were thinking. And that resonating. is wrong. You were resonating that thought. And that is wrong. He never was your enemy, but he did all that stuff through Jesus on the to cross. To show you that you never were. Wow. You never were his enemy. So you would feel reconciled. So take the feeling of reconciled 
and enjoy it. Bask in that sensation that you are reconciled to God. Don't ever think that you're not. You may not be reconciled to your mother or your brother or your wife or the people that you work with. You may have aggravated them beyond belief, but you didn't aggravate God. He is still reconciled to you and he is still on your side, ready to empower you to go back to those people and please them and make up for what you just did in your own human determination, how you let them down in your own human charisma. So when the law of the sin and the death is resonating in your mind, you feel like you're an enemy of God. Yes. In your mind. Yes. And you feel unreconciled to God. Yes. And you feel as if you could do enough Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. you could mm-hmm. reconcile him back, back. to you. Back. You can and the truth it. was, he was never unreconciled with no. us. We were unreconciled with him mm-hmm. in our minds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we did all this to appease our guilty yes. conscience. Yes, yes. In in the, the Romans 5 said he did this even though we were feeling like his enemies. Wow, that's love. Yes. Or even though we had the sin and the death principle working in us, he reconciled us. Before, wow, I I don't even have words to describe what that means. No, before we repented, before we did anything, he reconciled us. And our repenting is repenting from thinking he didn't reconcile us we need to repent and say what the the bible just told me right there in colossians is true he reconciled me and i am reconciled to him i need to repent from any other thought and get it right speak the truth i am reconciled to god i may not be reconciled to my friends but i'm reconciled to god big difference he loved us at our worst. It's, he loved us at our worst, yes. That's a simple thought that you can just resonate. Let let that permeate your mind. Say it over and over. He loved me at my worst. Yeah, dig on it. In other words, dig <laughs> on it. It's life. Yes, it does. It gives life. Because the other thought gives death. It makes you feel naked and ashamed, which is a biblical form of death. But... The thought that you've been reconciled to God gives life. The thought that you've been reconciled to God, even at your worst, gives life and does not lead you to this idea that I can sin all I want because God loves me. Let's make that perfectly clear. Because if the life is manifesting through you because you're depending on that life, The life of Christ does not want to sin and is not going to. It's going to live the perfect Christian life. That's all the life of Christ is going to do, nothing else. So if you're depending on the Spirit, then you won't be sinning. And if you're depending on doing good things, like we talked about earlier, supporting the missionary. Living for yourself. Is is living for yourself. Right. Living for yourself is not 
what we think. Mm-hmm. I know we went over Not that earlier, but I'm going to say it again. Yeah, exactly. It needs to be said again. Living for yourself is not cheating on your wife and cheating. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Living for yourself is you trying it's as hard as you can to please God you're, in you're, your human effort. Yes. Without you, the Spirit. What you're trying to do is serve God. And just like Joshua said, With choose hands. this day which God you'll serve. We choose to serve the living God, the Israelites said, and Joshua said, you can't. He's too holy. You will be a witness against yourself that you tried to serve God. That's what it's trying to tell you in First, Second Corinthians that living for yourself is trying to please God and serve God in your only, in your, in your human strength. It's why law came before grace. Yeah. And it's noble. It's noble to want to serve God and to try hard again and to make another commitment to serve him. But it doesn't get the job done. That's the We at Guardians of Grace want to get the job done. We want you to actually be successful at living the Christian life, be it successful at whipping the sin that lives inside your human nature. We want you to be successful and sin no more at Guardians of Grace. We're just telling you how to do it. And that's by dependence on Christ, not another formula, not another promise keeper, not another accountability partner, those things, not another commitment. That's what's called living for yourself again. Not another commitment. Those don't work. Becoming a dependent on Christ and giving Christ the glory for what he is doing through you, that's what works. And when you give Christ the glory for what he is doing through you, you actually store up treasures in heaven. That's how you store up treasures in heaven. Something Bill and I have not talked about enough. We need to talk about that more and more because that's the judicial judgment of the new covenant. The old covenant judged everybody for every sin that they ever did, and it got those sins paid for through Christ. The new covenant judgment is what you give Christ credit for. He gives you rewards for and you store up treasures in heaven by giving Christ the credit for what he is doing through you on earth. It's all well and good, Steve. Great. Okay. He loves us. But go back to Romans 5.12, because I'm not getting it. It says that sin entered through one, the world through one man and death through sin, and we all have to die because of what Adam did. Okay, where do you want me to read? For while we were enemies, we were reconciled. We'll go to 12. No, you can read that too. Okay, for while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. That's what paid our sin debt. Much more having been reconciled, past tense, shall we be saved, future tense, by his life. What does that mean? By his life coming through us. His life 
Manifesting through us is what saves us from ourselves. Moment by moment. Moment by moment salvation. Day-to-day salvation. We'll get to that part about one man. Through death of his son, much more having been reconciled, how much more will be saved by his life manifesting itself through us. And not only this, but we also exalt in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, we don't even give God his due glory unless it's Christ in us doing it through us. Did you get what that little phrase said? Okay. We exalt in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Because, therefore, just as one man entered into the world and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all men sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam until the time of Moses over those who had not sinned in the likeness of Adam. It's saying we got credit for what Adam did, which is unfair, but now we've also gotten credit for what Christ did, which, which is, is really unfair. unfair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's that corporate identity, and I don't know if we have enough time in this podcast. Let us leave on this thought. How about that? So one man brought death and condemnation. Yes. Another man brought life and peace. Yes. And a reconciliation. Yes. Look at, you can probably quote it, 1 Corinthians 15, 45. The first man, second man? Yeah. Okay. I'm drawing a blank, but the first man, the, the first man, Adam, did. The first, first man, man became Adam, a, a living, living soul, and the, the second, second man became, became a life-giving life spirit. Okay. And then it, the next verse says, the first man and the last man. So we have two clues here. Mm-hmm. First man, second man, first man, last, last man. man. If the second man is also the last man, is there a third man? No. No. If the first man is the first man, is there a man before the first man? No. So how many men have ever lived? In God's eyes, God is expecting us to believe there was two men who lived, Adam and Christ. Those are corporate representatives that represented all men. So when the first man sinned, we sinned. All of us sinned. Just exactly as if he did. Because we got credit for what he did. He was the first corporate man. And that's going to allow us to next week understand a little more about what we were talking about a couple weeks ago on time and eternity. Because in time, back to Genesis 1, mm-hmm. the, the sun, the moon... The earth starts rotating, and it's a day. But God, who is outside of time, eternal, no different the first day than the last day. 
because exactly. he's outside of that and he and he sees it. So th- there really is two mm-hmm. two men, mm-hmm. and he sees all of time all at once. Yeah, but we see time moment by moment. Yeah, and it's why in the Old Testament the most common, the most common, I guess is I don't want I don't like the word common. Okay, the most used name of God mm-hmm. is I am. Right. There's not a single reference of God being called I will be, is there? No, no. Or I was. No. It's always I am because he's a God of in the moment because he's eternal. He's he's outside of time, in time, and every time he is, thanks be to God. Thanks be to in God. In that moment, thanks yes. be to God. Yes. I'm feeling guilty. Thanks be to God in that moment. And about 6.30 this morning, I, I texted you an I am joke. You probably haven't read it yet, but <laughs> it's there for you. I, I will. Little Bible nerd humor, I guess you'd say. But we'll we'll try and describe what we just made profoundly confusing <laughs> next podcast. The point is, time is, I don't Time gives us the ability to see all of God's purpose and plan, mm-hmm. but he's eternal, and that's why he can see Adam sin and see you sin, because you came from Adam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. how many people later, but mm-hmm. he, he begat, he begat, he begat, he begat, mm-hmm. a lot of begatting, and then came Steve. Yes. But Steve was also ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yep. And that principle is how many times in the Old Testament? Yeah, well, we just went over it week before last when we said Levi tithed to Melchizedek because That's he right. was in the loins of Abraham. Well, we outside ate of the time the knowledge of good and evil because we were in the loins of Adam. Exactly. So we'll get into that next week. So yes, can okay. You close us out. Yep. Yeah, Father God, allow us to understand the the concept here that you were speaking about in these Bible verses that we looked at, because they're very illuminating. So give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a mind that understands what was on those written pages namely that you reconciled us all through your son on the cross so that we wouldn't live for ourselves to try harder again, but we would live for Christ as his vessel to work through. That's what we are hoping that you would put on the hearts of all the guard dogs and everybody else who's listening to this podcast, especially those who would oppose us. We, we, with open arms, ask you to come to our podcast and listen and to write your comments on our Facebook page and and tell us why we're, we're wrong, because we would want to know that. All the guard dogs need to know why they would be wrong to listen and believe what the scriptures that we're pointing to. 
So please challenge us with, with us just by ourselves. We're going to yes ourselves to death, but we, we need the, the, the counterbalance. We, we need you to come and test us so that like Bereans, we can see if it's true. So we hope you guys do that. You guys who actually don't like this message, convert us over to the, the, more fear of God camp, the, the reverence of God camp. Okay, you guys, good night. We love you guys. Good night, Lord. Good night, you guys. We love you. We love you, Jesus. Yes. Amen.